Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, and I cannot tell you how excited I am today. We happen to have Tom Perone with us today, and the topic of the discussion is, what can you do with podcasts? You have so many people, so many business owners, artists, authors. If you're a creative, you're on a podcast of some kind, and there are so many things that you can do with that podcast. We see it. Tom and I see it as a very underutilized aspect of our modern life right now. And the reason why I think you should listen to Tom is not only is he a dear friend of mine for many, many years, but he also is the founder of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford. And he is a business and personal benefit planning group. Like this man is the one that founded this. He is directly involved with planning the process with clients in the area of real estate, business growth, transition planning, income planning and using tax strategies and Medicaid asset protection planning to help you help your business grow and become better. The best thing about Tom, though, is he's a big advocate of working in teams. He believes that all clients' advisors should be working together and be aware of each other so that they can help their business client. And by doing that, he really helps a lot of people achieve their financial goals. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Tom. Totally my pleasure, Janine, again. It is. We have a good time. We talk a lot about the things that matter to us. And we, what I love about it is we always manage to help people out and help them with their lives. So talk to us a little bit about podcasts and what can people do with podcasts? Because we really see them underutilizing these wonderful medias that they have the ability to use as a marketing device or even just as a historical uh, device. So talk to us a little bit about what you see and you experience. Yeah, I'd love to because I think um, it, it is underutilized. And the thing is, first of all, how many people are ever asked to be on a podcast, number one? Not a lot of people. And so if you're asked to be on a podcast, it's probably the best content for marketing and uh, goodwill that you could possibly get. And the reason for that is uh, you don't have to sit in front of a screen to watch it. You can listen to it on your radio on your car, in your car, your phone, and uh, it's always accessible. And, uh, and it's great marketing because most people will, will, will listen to part of it. So, but I, what I noticed after doing so many podcasts myself and having so many guests on, I noticed what they did is they did exactly what they would do with their wills and trusts after we got them set up. They put it in the drawer and they, it's, there's dust on it. And I, it drove me crazy. So I, I made a list out of the blue. It took me about 15 minutes of about 25 things that you could do with your new found podcast that, uh, that you just got. And uh, I'll share a couple with you and some different ideas that we're using and I'm sharing with our podcast guests and putting some value to this podcast. Let's go ahead and start looking into that. Go ahead and share with us some of those aspects that you were able to work with me on yeah let me uh i'll go down a couple of them and we'll talk a little bit about it that first of all uh, a podcast is good because once it's done i could shout it out on linkedin to my connections and do a nice shout out and put the link to the podcast to my group 
but I could also go into people that I know and ask them, hey, would you shout this out? Do me a favor, shout it out at your LinkedIn. And all of a sudden, you know, you might have four or five or six people shouting out this podcast with a link, and it may be going to two, three, four thousand people that are now capturing your message and who you are. So that costs the podcast guests, we'll call them the guests, nothing, absolutely nothing. Right. Uh, so you're being promoted on LinkedIn. I could also do this, and this is what I do, and Janine, you do it very well. I pre-show it. I will uh, talk about, hey, tomorrow's the greatest day in the world. I get Janine Bolin on my podcast. What a wonderful opportunity. Well, there's one shout out without the show. Then you come on and I shout it out again. So a double whammy. I could repurpose this podcast. So Janine, I could take our podcast tomorrow morning and re hey, let's let's look at the historic what what did Janine say a year ago or six months ago? Blah blah blah. Um, you could put the podcast link on your blog. You you have a blog. They come in, they get they want a white paper or something. But in that blog, you could put that. Hey, you want fifteen more minutes of what we're talking about? Here it is. Um, you could. Here's the one thing that's underused definitely is I put I just put not only my podcast but I put a video. Uh, what I call a webinar video, or what I call events on demand, which is a, a webinar one-on-one -on -one, uh, educationally in my newsletter. And I highlighted one of my friends, Don Camerata, who's a professional a business owner. Um, and he talks about professionalism and dress. And he's in my newsletter. So people just have to click that link and they get to listen to Don. And that goes out to three, 400 people. Um, I can, the, uh, the other thing I can do is I can edit part of the podcast. Now I can do it because I'm used to working with audio, but maybe someone isn't, but it's so easy. So, uh, anybody who knows anything about computers can make a snippet of part of the audio file. And for just that, maybe three minute content, use it for the subject that they're talking about. So for example, I had Joe Perona on today doing a video, and we talked about five um, steps to uh, time freedom. I could have taken step two, cut that video out, maybe had it for three minutes and put it into my newsletter or put it on LinkedIn or whatever I wanted to do. You could that's one of the, excuse me for cutting in, but that's one of the things that I found out. It's when we came up with the three minute money tip podcast, that was one of the most popular podcasts we had because every Friday people knew that podcast dropped at noon. And I had people that would let me know at 1210 if that podcast hadn't dropped on time because they had set their lunch hour around that podcast just to listen to that three-minute money tip. And that's what they call snackable content. It's three minutes of content that people kind of get to feeling like they have a relationship with you. They get to know you a little bit. And like we all know, if they trust you, then they want to do business with you. And so I can't stress enough what Tom is saying about cutting out audio and having snippets of anywhere from one minute to three minute are actually very powerful marketing tools. So go ahead, Tom. Uh, one of the other things that you mentioned about more than just going on LinkedIn and Facebook and doing social media posts, uh, after you've been on a podcast, 
make sure that you highlight the host, like say, hey, just got off the uh, got off Zoom with such and such host. Can't wait to share with you the show. That was another thing where you're benefiting everybody in that regard, like you said, pre-selling it, if you will. So talk to us a little bit about how you've used some of your uh, posts. You were telling us about the guy with the thumb drives, one of your clients. Yeah, yes, I have. I just did one of the oldest law firms in in New Haven in Connecticut area. And I suggested to him that he go out and get the small uh, four gig uh, USBs, put the law firm's name on it, and then have them put the 30 minute podcast on that USB. And in their client kit that they give to people, or, you know, if someone comes in to talk to them, they could give this kit out and say, hey, listen to this 30 minutes in your computer. You'll know more about our firm. And we go back almost 100 years and you'll get a better feel for who we are. What a wonderful thing. You don't have to be there. You don't have to tell them. They just have to listen. Um, I do. I've been doing that for years, by the way. I don't do uh, I don't do one on one interviews with people. I send them videos of my interview with them, like I'm talking to them and they get more out of it because they can uh, rewind, listen to it again and get the next video. And then the next, and finally we will meet, but he's got, they have more information about me and they've kicked the tires and now we're ready to settle in and where we're going to go. Well, you could do the same thing with a podcast. I might also add this, Janine, if you've done one podcast, most podcasters know a lot of other podcasters. And if you like doing it, that host can probably get you on a couple of other podcasts that they, you'd love to be on. So you, you could always take new material and use it, a new subject. Um, I, uh, in a referral letter, I use this quite a bit when someone refers me. I'll, I will send them a hard letter and I'll have the address of the podcast, but I send the same letter by email. So it's a hot link. And I basically say, if you want to know a little bit about Peroni, click the link and you got a half an hour to listen to them. So again, another way of learning to who you're talking to. Um, we talked about YouTube posts, taking that podcast, putting it up on YouTube, putting it on your website. Um, uh, by the way, uh, a lot of people say, well, yeah, no, I don't know how to do this. Well, um, uh, it's not a big deal because there are a lot of people that are around computers that for very small dollars will do all this for you, but it's the best hundred to 150 bucks you're going to spend. Um, I talked to, uh, one of my friends who's a marketing company. I asked him, how much do you charge for your podcast? He said, $1,600. I said, wow, and because he, he'll, he'll put it on the website. He'll do everything. But if you already have a website, you don't need to do that. You need to just get a podcast done. Um, and there's a lot of people like me that um, do it either for nothing or we charge a very small amount, a couple hundred dollars, because we're not syndicated like Janine. She's, a, she's the big gun. She's, a, she's what everybody who wants to be a full-time podcaster wants to be. Um, but she keeps eating up the market and gets syndicated. What can I tell you, Janine, right? <laughs> we have a tendency to do that. Well, so yeah. those, those are some some of the, the tips and tricks that we're talking about today with Tom Perone, who is the 
founder of multiple groups, if you were looking for a way to figure out how to take your business, not only to the next level, but to be able to plan, do some strategic planning, tax-based planning, he can help you out with that. But also when we get back after the break, we're going to talk about when you're on a podcast and you're a guest on the show, we came up with a list of 27 different things that you can do with that one show so that you can market with it and bring more value to your clients and customer base. So we're going to see you right after the break. Catch you on the other side. Welcome back to the Janine Boland Show, and I'm with my guest, Tom Perrone, and today's discussion is all about why podcasting is important, being a guest. We're specifically looking at being a guest as a, uh, on podcast programs and why that's important to your marketing campaign. So, Tom, go ahead and chat with us a little bit about why, why this is even important. Why are we even talking about this today? Well, um, what's important... Uh, about this is is that if you you need to get your word out uh to a market because that's the way it is people uh we talk about inbound uh, business and in our practice we basically uh, look for inbound people that know of us we've been referred they call us and in the old days, 51 years ago, we used to be all outbound. You didn't sit and make phone calls. Well, that's different nowadays. So you got to get out there and you, there's a lot of noise. Now, I think one of the things it's podcasts are so wonderful. You could structure the podcast to talk about what you do for the client and what's important to them and not how good you are and how great your firm is. But you can design a podcast that really shares with the audience, hey, listen, we know you have some pain and we're very much aware of it. And this is how we handle it. And and we can bring you down a path where you can uh, solve this problem or ease the pain. And gee, you know what? People will listen because you can promote the questions that you want on that podcast and have it designed for that purpose. It's not just a random conversation it's certainly designed so you could design it any way you want to because the guests that are inviting you on really want you to come prepared with the questions that you would like to talk about and it's designed that way so it really is a very efficient and effective way of talking about who you are what you do for clients why they should know trust and like you so it, it's a great medium. I think it's really, really wonderful. Well, in the previous segment, segment we were talking about several of the tips that people, what people can do with the podcast after they've been a guest. And podcast hosts are more than willing to give you the MP3 files or MP4 files so that you can cut them up and use them in whatever way you want. So go ahead and talk to us about some of the things that you've been able to do with transcribing you know, after you transcribe the show, a lot of people don't transcribe the show, uh, but you have transcribed the show. Talk to us about what you do with it. Yeah, I've uh, I've suggested to people uh, that they they have the beginning of a book. You know, if you think you're doing a podcast for 40 minutes, there's a lot of content there. You could have that podcast transcribed 
and all of a sudden you've got uh, you've got documentation which could be a start of a a small book you know with shook that we talk about with mike capuzzi um and you know you do a couple of podcasts and have them transcribed and all of a sudden you've got a book and play that you can you can create uh you may have to write a couple of chapters but you've discussed the book itself on the podcasts um and I think that's a great way, or even if not a book, a long white paper. Um, again, my my guest today, which we did a video and a recording, is going to talk for 45 minutes about the five steps needed to create more time for yourself in business. Now, that could be a white paper in and of itself, and a transcript a transcription can actually do that for them. I think that's a great idea. Um, again, I like the idea of repurposing the conversation because you might talk about something today, but six months down the road, there's nothing wrong with pulling that back out and getting into the literature. Um, nothing, you don't have to always do new things. So again, if someone does a podcast, they may like doing it. They'll get on other shows, but now you got to get it out. And again, it's, it was. I, I'm looking at 25 ways I use the podcast, and not one of them costs any money, not a dime. Isn't that interesting? Um, an excellent marketing, an excellent marketing on that, because you were even talking to me about take the transcription from your podcast, and so maybe you have no interest in, in writing a book on it, but you break it up into multiple blog posts, and you just have, you know, continue you know continue reading the article next week when i post the second half you know make it a series of sorts uh, that was another idea that you were talking about well yeah and you can uh, again nowadays i don't know much about these current uh, these uh, programs where you can have an event uh, i think linkedin's got an, a linkedin event or something but you can uh, pre-record these things and use that as the event so you're not there um uh you know, the one thing about doing podcasts, when you start doing them, it's very, uh, it, it's a very easy way of creating content, but you, most people like to do them. They enjoy, they get comfortable with it because they're kind of talking about their business and they're talking about themselves and how they help their clients out. Uh, those are three great topics for a business owner. And, you know, they ch it changes because you might change a market. You can do a new podcast on a new market and use it through through your newsletters and all kinds of stuff. Almost anything that goes out of your office to a client or anybody else could have a, a link in that hard copy or the email, and you never know who's going to click it. And there you go. You're off to the races. Um, but I think people that do the podcast really should take a little time and know that even if they use a couple of these ideas, it's better than what they're doing now. You know, it's, right. it's you know, um, yeah, much better than what they're doing now, which may be close to nothing. <laughs> like they do the podcast and I think that's it. That's all I need to do. I've been uh, on there. The show host will do all the marketing for me and they don't realize how much leverage they can actually get out of that 30 to 45 minute show they were on. I'll give you an idea of what I'm doing on LinkedIn and I'm doing on Google, was it Google business, Google places. I can't remember. I have Liz Hill doing some work for me and why my wife does some work. 
but basically I'm taking um, uh, blogs and I'm redoing them over with video. So I'm taking the content of a blog I wrote a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, and I'm taking it, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm either doing an audio or I'm doing a video, uh, you know, maybe a three minute video on it and I'm posting it. Uh, that's interesting because now I'm repurposing, but it's still new. Now I've added a, a video or, or an audio. You don't have to do a, an audio, I mean a video. You can, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, Janine. You can actually take um, an audio on your phone or something and talk about something and post it. Um, let's go back to that transcript, uh, a half hour show will give you enough transcript information that you could probably make a blog post for the next every month for a year really and just take it in segments so it's the again the podcast is one of the most powerful sources of content not in it of itself but what you can do with with it from the editing from the uh, snippets to the um uh the uh transcription just a bunch of stuff um so again my frustration was always to say hey i just we just did a great show don't put it in the draw this is really good stuff and um you know it's just an easy way with no cost marketing it doesn't cost a dime now you well, might have yeah, I'm sorry, you might you might be on a show that uh, they produce it and stuff and it charges you some money, but that's still worth it because, again, I come back to people that are charging an enormous amount of money um, and, and that's it to do it. But but I know, Janine, when you talk to people and you have them in the podcast, you share with them all these ideas to use it for them and uh, th that they can use it. It's just a matter of whether they do it or not. There's always so many ways that you can repurpose audio content as well as written content. And frequently business owners are so busy, they don't have time to sit there and be creative and constantly going about generating additional content. So I encourage them, sit down with me or Tom or somebody else who's a podcaster and let them interview you. And one of the best ways to set this up is how you're going to learn more about me, right? As the business owner is like, learn more about me. And this is something Tom talks about a lot. Either you post on your website or have it as a hyperlink on your email where it goes to this podcast or this episode, what have you, so that people can learn more about you. And then you can start writing additional content. So one of the best ideas I ever heard from was David Jennings, who created Systemology. And he created a book, Systemology. The book was created through a three-day seminar that he was giving. And then after he recorded that three-day seminar, he took all the transcripts, put them together, handed them off to a ghostwriter, asked the ghostwriter to build it out into a book format. And then after he received that book format from the ghostwriter, he went line by line. And basically, he said, I rewrote the whole book. However, I didn't have to sit there and look at the blank page, and I didn't have to totally completely refurbish content. He just went through and changed the wording so it matched more what his style was. So those are the that's the power of having people either 
interview you or having people record what you're saying and then being able to put that information together. So, uh, Tom, you were talking about how you have the ability now to make time so you can sit and just think of new ideas on ways to handle podcasts. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's, and I'm sure this has been, uh, uh, I've been doing this for so many years, but you know, I, when my clients finally call me after they've gotten two or three videos, they're ready to jump in. I, and I have not said a word to them because all my recordings are about the client and they get to know who I am through the videos or the recordings or the audio. And people like that. They want to feel comfortable. So again, a podcast or a recording or some kind of uh, uh, type of medium that you're using can really be a big help to you. And so we will be talking more about what you can do with podcasting in order to build your business or stay in touch with friends, clients, and customers after this break. Welcome back to the Janine Boland Show. And I'm sitting here with Tom Perone, who happens to be one of the financial gurus that helps folks who are business owners and helps them get into the retirement mindset, helps them with investment strategies. And one of the fascinating things is this guy is always learning something new, always doing something new, and just recently decided to build an online course. Why? He just wanted to kind of test drive it to see how well it would work because he's been doing videos and audio programs for so long that to do an online course didn't seem that much more difficult. So Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you started to build this online course? Well, uh, thank you, Janine. Uh, I think it's a great course, but it's a timely course because I really built it for people somewhere between 35 and 55 who really had a tough time saving money. And they know that retirement's not that far off. And hey, Janine, you have four kids. The amount of money they're <laughs> going to need when they retire based on the way inflation is is going to be a lot of money. And unfortunately, I saw a stat last year where the average person in the United States has something like $25,000 in their 401. I couldn't believe that. But I, I, I look, you know, 51 years in practice, uh, building a multi-million dollar practice on retirement for not only business people, but other people. I realized people did not have a lot of knowledge about money and you don't have to be on wall street to, to be successful in retirement, but there is a literacy factor that I, I thought, well, what's the two reasons that, that I came up with two reasons that I felt people are not saving money. It's misinformation and it's disciplined. And I built it around there and I took it from that point And I, I did step-by-step step in phases how to start, what to look for. Don't worry if, you, if you, you're not uh, getting to the point where you expect to be. But over time, I did it like a stepstone type of thing. But in time, you will be doing it. And I, I brought up a lot of things about the, um, you know, like um, people will hear the market. It sounds so great at times, but no one ever talks about the downside of the market. So we talk, and I don't have a bias. It's just that I want both stories to be told. 
and I did models in there. I did, I used my own software that I've been using for many, many years. And I have a bunch of PDF guides that are extremely written by one of the best publishers in the United States. And these guides can be 15 pages to 125. They're downloadable. Just the guides alone are worth the 97 bucks. But there's a ton of videos that are ranged from three minutes, some to maybe 10 or 11 minutes. And we work around a case history. But it's so educational. I was able, I was happy about bringing into play all the things that I would normally would have brought a client through. And then what I would have done with that client every year, twice a year to make sure they're on track. And I know if they follow what I'm telling them to do and don't get it caught up in the minutia and all the, all the sparkly things that you hear on NBC, then they'll be successful, but they've got to start doing it uh, because at some point someone's going to, you know, the biggest fear that these younger people should have is they keep kicking social security down the road. And at some point they're going to say it's gone and you're going to have to start putting money away. And it just might be too late. I'll give you an example, Janine. Compound interest. People have no idea of the power of compound interest. And I, sh I share that. And I, I have a spreadsheet in there to show them that if you compound a dollar out over time, what does it look like versus simple interest? So it's a very educational thing. I was very proud of it. Um, actually, I, I, I put it together because I wanted it to be uh, I wanted it to be something that people could use. And it is for those people 35 to 50, 55. But again, if you're someone like me who have a lot of grandchildren, it could be a good gift for them to start learning because they could learn on their own at their own time. Um, but yeah, so that's why I did wrote it. And I'm hoping that people will learn enough and get through the discipline and the information so they could feel comfortable putting money away for retirement. And you talked about, there are two reasons you did it that people need help with discipline and they also need help with the misinformation that's out there. So one of the things that you and I have talked about is the compound interest, you know, that's the old, the old joke of, do you want to take a million dollars or do you want to take a penny that doubles every day for 30 days? And you find out at the end of that exercise that if you're, you're compounding that penny that over the course of that 30 days, you end up with something like, I think the time I did was like three and a half million dollars or something like that. It doesn't seem like much when you're compounding it if you don't understand what compound interest is doing. So when you talk about misinformation, what are some of the areas that you have seen where people got misinformation and what you're you're trying to combat it in this course? Yeah, uh, tax-free and tax deferral is key. People don't understand that. Um, for example, um, let's say a company has a 401k and the com company says, well, we'll give you a match of 6% of your salary if you contribute X. Well, my God, that's 6%, 6% uh, that's not even taxable to you. And it compounds tax-free in a plan. And the, the company's putting in, why would you not participate? 
I have pe- I've had people in some companies that we had a nice pension plan and they said, I want my, I want to take my money home. <laughs> so you want to take your home, your money home, get taxed and not save. So again, that's that knowledge and the discipline of saying, I'm going to put the 6% in and do without. So I, so I, I'm successful down the road. Um, another area that I see is people uh, having too much money in, for an example, the bank account with the idea that I need $100,000 in my checking account because what if something happens? And I'd say, when was the last time you ever had to write a check for 100000 because something happened in your life, right? So, so I said, well, <laughs> at, the, at the very least, why don't you find something that you can put it in to earn a little more interest and it's there and if you need it, you take it out of there. So that's another thing. Um, tax-free income. Now, people don't understand something. Uh, a lot of people is that back in the 70s, our tax rates, our income tax rates were 75%. I think at one time, it even hit 90%. In England, it was 90%. Meaning you you made a dollar and 90% ended up in taxes. I mean, 1913, that was that, that. So it's, as you see what's happening in our economy today, the, ta- the government needs money because they're overspending. They're going to be taxing more and more of our income. So what's a tax-free dollar worth to you 20 years from now? So there are plans that you could mo- put money in where you can extract it out totally tax-free. It's in the code. It's set in the code. It's codified. It's not going to change. Um, and people are not aware of this. So if all of a sudden today you're in a 22% tax bracket, but when you retire, you're now in a 40 because you're going to have social security and other income coming in. That dollar that comes out tax-free is not affected whatsoever. Um, people depending on social security. Uh, I think people my age, I, I don't worry about it because the politicians don't have enough guts to deal with it. So we're free. But I think... <laughs> The younger people, though, uh, what, I don't know what they're going to do with that. You know, in 1935, when they did it, there were 100 people paying into the system for every beneficiary. Plus, at that time, mortality was 64 and a half. So the politicians knew the chances of using that money was nil. But now it's where it, we are now is people are living to 85, and there's only two workers for every recipient. That's trouble. And we're out of money anyways there. So you need to be self-sufficient because um, if you don't do it for yourself, um, uh, no one's going to do it. There's no safety net here. Um, Another another uh, misunderstanding is if if today you make $100,000, I'll use this as an example, and let's call inflation 3%, and your final earnings are end up at 175,000 25 or 30 years from now. Uh, don't fool yourself. You're living on $175,000. Don't think you're going to retire when you're 65 on April 15th and you're going to live on $40,000 like you did 30 years ago. You're going to you're going to need 120, maybe 130,000, 75, 80% of what your final pay is. It's it's only because you created a standard of living. Well, I won't have a mortgage. I won't have kids to educate. Yeah, 
Look at the gas bills. Look, look what the taxes on your house are, right? So it's these things that uh, the people put their, you know, they don't listen to and they don't understand, they don't learn that I try to bring out in the course and then I show them how to do it. And I, you know, I'm just using things that I've used over the years and I'm very happy about where I am in life. So um, uh, that's the nice thing about when you hit my age, you finally know where you'll be sleeping and it won't be under a bridge. So that's a good thing, you know? So, so yeah, that's the, one of the, <laughs> go ahead, Jeff, sorry. No, I was just going to say, that's one of the primary things people worry about is they, they don't want to be pushing a grocery cart, you know, when they're 65, you know, they want to be, able, they don't want to be living under a bridge. So go ahead. Your course is what? Well, the course is good because the really, the reality is, um, now that I'm re kind of retired and my wife would fight you on that, we do a lot of traveling. Our standard of living is as high as it ever, it's ever been because we want to do it now. We, we don't want to wait till we're, I, I don't think I'll be wearing a Speedo in Hawaii when I'm 87 years old. I want to do it now, you know, so, <laughs> and, and, and you're going to want to do it when you're early retired and when you're ready to do it. So you need a lot of money. So just take the course, learn how to do it. I'd love to hear from you how you're doing. Um, and Janine, there's a lot of what you teach in your course in there. And that's that discipline and your plan uh, from 10%, 40, and uh, was it 40, 30, 60. Yeah. And I got to cut you off and we will come back after the break and learn more from Tom Perone and Managing Money. Welcome back to the Janine Bolan episode, and I'm here with Tom Perone, and we're talking about money and podcasting. So if you're one of those people that you're an author, you're a creative, you're a business owner, you are enjoying the fact that you're either on YouTube channels or you're with podcasts, we just wanted to share with you some of the things that we've learned over the last, well, I've been in podcasting since we were called audio bloggers back in 2002 with Blog Talk Radio when they didn't really even know what to call what we were doing. YouTube wasn't even around yet, so that's how long I've been in the biz. YouTube finally made its appearance around 2005, but really didn't kickstart with what we now know it to be until 2006, so that kind of lets you know the era we're talking about. But Tom and I have been talking about how we use marketing strategies with podcasts to not only increase our business, but also how we help leverage the money that we do have in our business so that we do as much marketing as we can dollar free. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, Janine, again, it's always a pleasure being on your show. Always fun. So let's talk a little bit about uh, one of the things that you've learned uh, when you first started getting into podcasting a couple of years ago and you were being a guest, uh, talk to us a little bit about what you learned regarding the importance of being a good guest and by having a media kit. Oh, that was, uh, and, and Janine, I give you all the credit there. I didn't <laughs> know what the heck, a me she, I, I remember meeting you and you said, well, you gotta, you gotta have a media kit. And I didn't know what it was. And thank God you had this wonderful course that set me straight. I have one, I'm always updating it. And the media kit is so important. So let me go to uh, a scenario that's very important as a podcast host. What I learned and I tried to explain to guests, I, I love you, come on the show. 
you'll be prepared, but do me a favor. You need to prepare me too. Uh, you need to think about certain things that I want that, that I want to talk about and what you want to talk about and be prepared. And one of the best ways of doing that is to have a media kit so I have something in my hands that I don't have to do all the research. And and Janine, I'm sure you've been there where all of a sudden you have a guest, they haven't sent you anything, and you got a show ready to air, and you have nothing on this person. And that's almost like dead air. But you end up doing the research just so you don't look bad, right? Right. Um, so the media kit is really a good thing. And, and if you don't know what it is, you should contact Janine because she's got a great online course. Actually, she's the, she's the queen of online courses. She's got all kinds of good stuff there uh, from finance to media kits and stuff like that. But the media kits important. And if you're going to be a guest, be a serious guest, make it easy for the host. And I'll tell you why, because that host will have no problem referring you to their other networked podcasters and saying this, this would be a good guest. Janine, you and I talk about that all the time. We have so many contacts that are similar, yet enough different that it makes it very easy. So podcasters are huge networkers. I know you hear all the time that networking is king and you need to get out there and network. But one of the things is, is once you get on one podcast show, just say, hey, is there anybody else that you think I would be a good guest for them on their podcast? And I guarantee you they're going to have a list of three to five right off the top of the bat that will know, oh, yeah you would totally fit on Tom's show or Randy's show or somebody else's show. So yeah, we actually have huge networks of people. You know, the other thing I, I will bring up is that I've had people, I've never had anybody tell me, no, they don't want to be on the show. I've had people say, I'm concerned because I'm shy. And I said, well, that's exactly why you should be on the podcast because we do it on an audio basis, Gene. Um, we don't do video on the podcast. I think it's a matter of me being able to focus and, and the, uh, the guests being able to focus. However, we are now doing video and podcasts simultaneously, and I'm using the video for another, another uh, reason. But uh, the, the, a good podcast host will help you get through the, the, um, uh, the airing because they're going to prepare you to put together some of the topics that you want to talk about and feed to you very good questions that that will educate your audience, make you look good, um, get the message out. Um, you know, one of the greatest things in a podcast that I see is I look at it two ways. I can make, I can have someone talk about their business and how good it is without kind of boasting and we can talk about the services and what they do and why they do it but on the other side of that coin I could also make them uh, uh, be human a, an actual father that or a mother that lives down the block that care about their clients that oh my god I I screwed something up and I felt so bad that we reimbursed our customer and you know that kind of thing um, because people want to see the human side, but they want to hear the human side too. So podcasting is a wonderful way. Don't be shy. Go on, try it. Um, it'll open up a lot of good marketing opportunities for you. 
especially if you're a creative of some kind, like maybe you have an Etsy shop and you think, well, nobody really wants to hear about what I do because I, what I do is I make jewelry or I handcraft, uh, hand stitched items and it's very visual. And that's something I've heard where people will resist uh, getting on a podcast because what they do is very visual and it is, it's correct, but believe it or not, there is a aspect to your art there's an aspect to your craft that can be described and like tom was saying people want to know your human side i'm sure there are stories you can tell that are hysterical that are absolutely entertaining that people would love to learn a little bit more about you and it not only shows your humor but it also shows the fact that you're very human and that you make mistakes too and i love telling stories on myself where i'm the butt of the joke just because i find it hysterical i'm laughing at myself all, all the time i'm quite the fool but at the same time i'm having a good time and so Thanks so much, Tom, for bringing up the fact that some people are shy and some people don't even think that their art or their craft is a potential on a podcast and nothing could be further from the truth. And you're right. And everybody has a story. And to, to, to your point, I wrote my book last year, Unlocking Your Business DNA, which is really about all the things and strategies that I helped business owners do to create growth in their business and enjoy a lot more free time because I was able to work 80 days a year and do very, very well in my practice for many, many years. And I wanted to share that. Well, you know what happened? I realized that was a story. And the more I got into what was happening in my life that I really never thought about, I said, gee, wouldn't it be nice that people could come on and share on, on a podcast, I didn't even think of a podcast, Janine, about, gee, this is what happened in my business. And I failed for four years, but then I did this and now I'm successful. And I want to share that. Don't give up. Do this. Don't do that. So my show is really all about how to build and grow and protect your business. But there's a lot of blemishes in between. We all make them. Think about it. If you're having a tough time in your business, you can't go to your competition because they'll steal your ideas and they'll see that you're weak. You can't tell your spouse because you're, you're, you'll, you don't want to bother them. The kids don't care about it. So who do you talk about it? Well, sometimes being on a podcast and talking uh, about the successes and the failures is kind of a cool thing because you get it out there and it, it, uh, it really kind of frees you in a way, but you create a great a great network of people that identify with it. Now, Janine, your podcast is probably the most successful of the podcasters that I know, because how many you're syndicated with how many people now? Oh, I have 47 internet platforms that people can hear it on. And we have two radio stations that are kind enough to rebroadcast our signal. And I, what she's really saying without saying is she's huge. And um, she, she's, she's huge, trust me. And no one that I know in the podcasting business is, uh, is doing what Janine's doing in this particular market. Janine, I have also, also suggest that people, if they really want to get their word out, that they, they do talk to you about being on your show. Uh, you do a lot for them, but you get the word out much in a much more geographic area than we do we're kind of regional you're like all over the place um you own the west coast i think at this point of the game. <laughs> well, 
it, it does sometimes it sometimes appears that way but if you want to be a guest on the janine boland show and thank you tom i appreciate that i'll pay you your 20 bucks later <laughs> for the promotion but if you want to be on the janine boland show just go to the janineboland.com and then you can click on the menu item that says be a guest and it will walk you through the media kit course and it will let you know how you can get access to tier 1, 2 and 3 levels of podcasting platforms. So that's the little boost there. But Tom, don't forget to tell us where people can sign up for your online course because it is a wonderful course for people to learn how to get themselves ready for retirement. If they uh, just email me at T-P-E-R-R-O-N-E at iCloud.com and ask for the course link, I will send them that long link and they can go right on. Um, and my last statement is uh, today, yesterday, Janine, I spoke to a gentleman who's, and this is a case in point about your show. Who, is, who developed a wonderful app about money. Uh, and he said the biggest problem was marketing. And I said, I pointed right to you and said, call this woman, she will get the word out like across the nation for crying out loud. And uh, so he, he's gonna call you, but that's the value of your podcast. Your podcast has so much power. Um, again, you can be on, on Janine's podcast and get a lot more than being on 10 other small ones but you know um that's the power of a podcast and thank and you very much i appreciate uh, your compliment no yours is good uh when uh, and we all learned from janine so uh but in any event um janine it's been wonderful visiting with you and uh uh, again, there's so many things that you can do with a podcast and uh, people should know that you can do it without spending a lot of money. And I think that's the take home message with today's show. Thank you so much, Tom Prone, for being with us today, being the money manager and assistant that you are. And I'm Janine Bolin, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Janine Bolin Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to the JanineBolinShow.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 8